like how we've just gone to standard paper cups. That's uh, just how it goes, man. When we first started the podcast, we thought, let's have hope mugs. Well, you want to keep in line with, uh, right? You know, the, I don't know. Have we gone rogue? Is this no longer? Is <laughs> this no longer a no longer a Hope Christian Church <laughs> podcast? It's our own thing. The church, the church stuff sponsoring We're taking the it over. <laughs> Brought to you by Plain Paper Cups. Oh, uh, I like that. What do you got? Coffee. Yours looks very hot. It is. I just poured it. Yeah. You see that steam? Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming you're talking about the temperature and not, you know, you know, it's very attractive coffee. I think that's a good assumption. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think so. It's already, it's, it's all weird already. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I'm always interested because I feel like the podcast starts first thing when I come in in the morning. Yeah. And you and I, I don't know. <laughs> There's some Like we Sundays. had a conversation in your office today. I, I can't even tell you what it was. What, what did we talk about? I, I mean, we had a lot of different stuff. We, we spent a lot of time the, on Alfredo. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's because it's good and tasty. Yeah. Talking yeah. about ingredients of Alfredo sauce. Time signatures. Time signatures. Musical yeah. time signatures. Yep. Talked about home intruders. Home intruders. Yeah. You had yeah. a raccoon trying to break in this weekend. Dude, that, that was a massive raccoon. Yeah. Kept waking me up. So, what hour are we talking in the morning? This is happening right now. N- no, the raccoon. <laughs> oh, the raccoon. Oh, multiple times. I told you, I woke up multiple times to thumping. If I start asking noises you to tell stuff. me the time during the <laughs> I'm day, so confused. I'm like, what are you? Boy, come here. <laughs> like, Please read my watch for me. <laughs> you said, "What time are we talking?" No, what like, time? Yeah, what time of the day was the raccoon trying to? Uh, break so in? when I realized it was a raccoon was like 4:45. So when how long did you heard... believe it was a human being? Like two hours. Okay. It's like you hear noises and then you look at, you use every point of reference that you can. You look out the windows, you open the doors, you listen, you try and figure out, What's you know. What's Sarah doing during all this? Oh, she's dead asleep. She doesn't okay. hear a thing. So yeah, you, she and you wouldn't wake her up and be like, listen, I think somebody's trying to get in the house. No. 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 You're just going to take care of it. I've been wrong enough times that, okay. no, if I knew, if I knew something was going on, usually the, the point that kind of shows me that it's not just me imagining noises is when she'll actually wake up yeah. and be like, did you hear that? And I'll be like, okay, now it's time to really take You a light seriously. sleeper? No, not usually. Okay. But, um, yeah, uh, it just depends on the night. I think because it started relatively early off in the evening, like I told you, it was like one forty-five or one thirty when I first started hearing the noises. Yeah. From that point on, I was kind of sleeping lightly. And then Addison woke up upset at one point around like 2. Yeah. And yeah. So uh, for maybe two hours, this raccoon's trying to get in your house. Yeah. And like my alarm on a Sunday morning is set for like 530. I so. applaud the persistence of that raccoon. Well. I don't imagine. I don't understand what happened. I think on. it must have been maybe in a tree and fell on our roof. And then that's how it got on. I don't know. <laughs> like we have an origin story for the raccoon. I'm trying to figure out like this is how the <laughs> the man became the raccoon. No, it I, I'm assuming, I don't know. I guess it could have just climbed up its on its own, but Do when raccoons get in trees, I don't know much about raccoons. All I know is the raccoon was on my roof. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out how, how it, got it got out there. there. Yeah. You know, don't raccoons go in trees? Maybe. I don't know. They're not like groundhogs though. I'd agree. Yeah. We've already established. You don't know much about animals. So <laughs> True. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. Rac- I don't know. I, know I feel like you're not trying to correct me by asking, do Raccoons going trees, like you're genuinely asking. Because I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking for information. Do we know any people in our church who handle like common, you know, I don't know. Would you consider a raccoon a pest? 
Well, I mean, on your roof at four in the morning seems pretty pretty pesty. Yeah, that's true. It it it's, was. I mean, that's not. I but dude, for you thought hours, you were gonna have to fist fight something. Yeah, and the what? fact that it was a raccoon. Were you going in just fists, or do you get a baseball bat? No, I uh, I don't resort to weaponry yet. I no. I have to figure out what's going on. Well, <laughs> I you would know, suggest you come just out, out <laughs> just open the door, just drunkenly saying, say, as, hey, "Who's out as there?" This, as it were to play, come out. at me. What, <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know what kind of level of confidence you're coming uh, with. Oh, I feel pretty confident that if someone broke in, I could end up dying. that's that's a level of confidence i have but we were already talking about the fact that it's like it's interesting now that i've like i felt this when i I was first married because before we were married i lived in an apartment by myself and so at that point i was just kind of like eh, if someone breaks in and is going through my stuff downstairs i'm too tired to care they can have it yeah and then you know we got married and so i have sarah in the house i'm like i will protect my woman yeah and there's something like it almost feels instinctual, you know, right? Yeah. It's very, um, it's not like I had to decide early on that I was going to be protective of my family. It's just very, it feels yeah. very natural. Yeah. So I'm not entirely in control of like that, that initial thought process. But I was telling you my initial thought process when this happened, when I genuinely thought like, oh, it's like, this is an ongoing noise. Like something is making that noise and it's not a tree. It's not the wind. It's not the the, the house creaking like something is thumping on my house and I can't yeah. figure out where it is or why it's happening but you know you get that urge of like okay it's go time and I might die but I'll make sure the other person dies too yeah like, it's like yeah yeah I don't know you just you just have those like yeah yeah battle urge oh roof is it did I say that weird I roof I've been made fun roof. of okay I have been made fun of roof and I've also been made fun of for roof roof so basically you can't say anything right for anyone they're gonna criticize you neil they're gonna they're gonna cast judgment on you for everything you do so you just gotta stop trying to please the people around you and say roof or roof you just have to feel confident in it and just decide what you want to say this has been a fruitful podcast for me (laughs) we're done i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna split the difference something coming in from the raouf (laughs) I was about to say the roof. <laughs> the roof. <laughs> is there a dog? Do you have a guard dog? Is that what's going on? I don't know. Roof. <laughs> roof. <laughs> um, that would be an odd for an intruder coming in through the through the roof. You that would, would be. You think where where are they going? Chimney? I mean, is the Santa? What's what's? That's true, but I didn't realize it was it was the roof. Okay. Until the four forty five when just I heard I clearly heard like footsteps over our bedroom. Yeah. In the in you know up on the maybe the, roof. the raccoon maybe it did fall from a tree maybe it was trapped that's what I'm wondering but that's the point that I told you yeah. I looked out the back window and saw the shadow and saw a shadow cast on our fence and yeah. there was our rooftop right and we got to stop that yeah. I'm getting distracted by it. the rooftop <laughs> yeah and then a big fat figure yeah just standing up there so it could have been Santa. It could have been, but then Santa got down off the roof and I looked out the window and the biggest, fattest raccoon I've ever seen with my own eyes was like running away. Well, I'm glad everything worked out. Yeah, me too. Everybody's safe. Should we welcome? We should. Let's do it. All right. Welcome to the Atrium, a Hope Christian Church podcast. I'm Jared, creative arts pastor here at Hope, and you are? I am Neil, lead pastor here at Hope Christian Church. Neil. And this is it. This is it. This is episode. This is episode 10. 10. The last episode of the our limited series episode. podcast. That's right. I'm just kidding. But no, episode <laughs> 10. That's amazing, right? People were either applauding or crying. 
That's true. No, Another no one. In no. <laughs> right, please be done. Double digits. Uh, they all. I. I wonder if there's a low level guilt for people who aren't listening, or there's a guilt for people that are listening. Like I'm a church member. I feel like I'm supposed to listen to this, but mm. I just really don't want to. Yeah. So I would say right off the bat, if you've reached episode ten, you're genuinely not enjoying it. It's okay. You don't have to. Well, it's not going to get better. It's going to stay pretty much the same. It's always going to be you and me, right? Well, we peaked at episode two, I think. In so. a couple of weeks, though, isn't Mark going to be on? Yeah, so anybody that preaches is going to be on. And yeah. I've also got ideas um, of some interviews. I'd yeah. like to... There's, Schwarzenegger? Uh, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> clearly. Uh, he's not returning my emails. <laughs> I just took a stab. Yeah. Schwarzenegger at AOL.com. I, <laughs> I feel like that might not be the right one. Okay. Well, it, I don't know. It could be different. I don't know. <laughs> no, I've got uh, some some people that I think it might be interesting to get their perspective on some things. For sure. And, um, so, yeah. yeah. So n- lots of exciting things coming, but we made it to episode 10. Yeah. Double digits. Yeah. And I guess uh, I think I think this is a kind of the, this is what we're doing. This is the yeah. Format. Yeah. I think starting out, a lot of it is kind of experimentation to see yeah. what it turns into. Cause a lot of it's just, you can't plan a lot of it. Yeah. And a lot of it's going to naturally come. Well, some of it's based on chemistry. Yeah, that's true. Like, do we have it? Yeah. Do we not? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, I had a conversation with someone yesterday, I think who, oh my gosh, no, it was Thursday. I was here. Multiple people uh, who were here for trail life and stuff, they one person walked into the atrium while I was standing there at the information desk. And they, is that what we call it? The information desk? The info desk. Yeah. The info desk. Yeah. Okay, cool. But info is short for uh, information. Yeah. That's what, okay. that's what I've been told. Okay, cool. I just wanted yeah. to make sure. Um, and she, so I'm just standing there. I don't remember what I'm doing. I think I'm looking at a pamphlet or something. She walks in the front doors and she sees me and says, I've got to say it. And I'm like, what are you going to say? <laughs> She's just like, ba-da-ba-ba. I'm like, no, oh, that's cool. And then someone was standing behind me. He's like, oh, you're going to get sued. <laughs> no, okay. Inside jokes, man. I had someone uh, walk in yesterday and I was greeting at the, at the door to the worship center. Mm-hmm. And they walked in. And they looked at my ears and they said, I wanted to see if they were really as big <laughs> as you had claimed. Uh, and I said, can you just sit down? Oh, no, I'm kidding. I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was. Leave great. the church now. No, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. No, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I've yeah. I think I've said to many people that um, one of the reasons I was excited to do this is the ministry that the Lord has called me specifically to here has been the teaching and preaching ministry. Sure. And um, I would say grand, <laughs> maybe the, the grand oversight, the, the oversight of all, all things here at, at the church. And grand is not in wonderful. But that, is, in, that is usually the word that, I mean, I would choose to describe you. The grand oversight <laughs> of the church. No, it is my job to to make sure that every, everybody's doing what they're supposed to do and that we're learning what we should I would hate that. That sounds grand. <laughs> right. Bishop. Grand pastor. Grand pastor. <laughs> grand pastor Nemeth. Uh, but that's what the Lord has charged me with and the sure. opportunity he's given me. And so I was really excited about this because this was another way for me to do ministry for the people of Hope Christian Church mm-hmm. in uh, the, kind of this long-form content. Yeah. And so just reflecting back on these last uh, 10 episodes uh, has been... I know I'm so thankful to be able to have this this platform yeah. and the outpouring of support and feedback has been it's been 
grander yeah. <laughs> give you, than I than I was hoping. I didn't really know what to expect. I yeah. knew that this is something in a, a space that I really wanted us to get into, and yeah. that in just spending so much time in study for sermons that this might be a good place to talk about those cutting room floor things. But the Lord has seen fit to have people feel a certain level of comfort to ask questions that are really heavy questions and intimate questions. And Mm -hmm. we've got some more of those today. And so I've just, I'm really thankful to be able to to do this and to be able to do it with you as well. I think it's been, it's just been so, um, such a, a blessing. I know that's a word that we use a lot, but it really, it really is like a blessing. I'm having a, I I almost feel like a sense of guilt because of how much I look forward to it and enjoy it. And, and the Lord seems to, again, be producing fruit from it. So, um, so yeah, just to, to those that are listening and those that are contributing with questions, just a huge thank you to all of you for, for that. Keep them coming. We're enjoying the study Mm -hmm. um, as we, you know, prayed before we got into this today just thanking the Lord that for me personally, just being able to grow from some of these questions and some of this additional study has been, has been really good and, and helpful yeah. as well. So, yeah. and thank you to you for all the editing. Yeah. I think that's something that people don't necessarily, if you've, if you've never edited a video before, sure. you don't, you don't know, you can't know, how could you know yeah. just how time consuming it is sure. And this particular format is time consuming because it's a lot of back and forth and back yep. and forth. Lots and of so different camera angles. Thank all you that. for yeah, all your work yeah. on that. It's been done with um excellence. One Thanks, of the things man. that's uh, I've been hearing from people, they're like, it's almost like a professional podcast. And that's encouraging. <laughs> yeah. To me almost. <laughs> right. What are we missing? They're like, well just content and good hosts. Oh, okay. But the video work <laughs> and that wood wall <laughs> and those mugs you use, which apparently we just threw away this week. Um yeah. No, but I mean, everybody's been very, very uh, supportive, which has been, which has been great. So thanks for all your work on that. Yeah, as well. you bet. Yeah, this is fun. It's good. So cool. Well, I think it's time for our favorite segment, meet and greet. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There it is. Couldn't, couldn't leave that out. No, I had to swallow the coffee first. No, I've just got a short and simple question for you. Oh, this is never how it what? goes. <laughs> <laughs> Where is the universe? (laughs) That's right. I don't even know how to answer that. (laughs) That's right. It's always a question like, now let's say that you're a knight. (laughs) (laughs) But instead of a sword, you have a cannon. (laughs) And your chain mail has been broken. That's right. (laughs) Given all of that information, what would your pet eat? What would my pet eat? (laughs) It's always a question like that. No, it's super dragon food. (laughs) That's right. Dragon scales. Right. No, okay. Uh, question. So I thought it's interesting. We're doing the format of a podcast. We are. And it's something that you and I both enjoy, both mm-hmm. obviously doing it. You know, this isn't my first podcast, but we've both been listening to podcasts, I think, for a long time. Yeah. So I thought I would ask, what was the first podcast that you listened to? Wow. So I am actually fairly new to the podcast game. I'd say I've only been listening to podcasts regularly for a couple years yeah. now. I've heard bits and pieces of podcasts yeah. uh, prior to that, but like consistently listening to uh, has only been in the last couple of years. So the first podcast that I listened to uh, consistently was uh, Conan O'Brien. Really? Had a podcast um, that he got off the air. Mm. And I used to enjoy Conan's late night show. Yeah. I thought he was a good interviewer. He is. Um, one of the things I learned quickly is that in the podcast game, 
you can kind of say whatever you want. That's <laughs> so true. I was slightly taken aback by right. some of the language that I was hearing. And sure. I've had to sort through whether or not these things are glorifying sin and containing yeah. sin, all those gray areas that we right. talked about. Uh, but yeah, when Conan started his podcast, and I think that was a couple of years ago, my timeline might be a little bit off. I listened to his because it was long form interviews. Mm -hmm. And the idea of celebrity has always fascinated fascinated me why uh, some people some of it makes sense to yep. a certain degree like you and i talked about the great composer john williams yeah it would be an absolute shame if he wasn't well known i mean this is a right. guy with just an unreasonable amount of talent and gifting sure. and so some of that celebrity makes sense but there are other celebrities that don't necessarily you know have a skill that is seems to be um, you know above average in any yeah. way shape or form mm -hmm. and and so just the idea of how culture takes celebrity and, yeah. and elevates celebrity and what makes one. And so kind of getting the inside scoop, if you will, from these celebrities in long form podcast, uh, a long form podcast was really interesting to me because they, they actually got a little meaty yeah. and they were digging in like, how did you start? How did, how did you get to be who you were? How, yeah. how did, how did your journey looked? And so, uh, that was the one of the first ones that I I listened to was interesting was that and I haven't listened to that in a, a long time. Like I said I I have oh, such a hard time, you know, because some of the language just just gets so and sometimes it kind of seems gratuitous in in for the sake of for the just sake being of gratuitous. right. And yeah. so I'm like yeah, I struggle with that. Yeah. Um, and then I've listened to all different kinds of podcasts sure. since I, I listened. Um, I've listened to one um, by a. a Stanford professor who gets into biology and anatomy and it's, mm -hmm. it's really interesting. I listened to the, the one podcast that, um, the rise and fall of Mars Hill was oh, what yeah. you and I talked about, yeah. about Mars Hill. And I even wrestled with that though. Cause I'm like, is yeah. this gossip? Like, is right. this, you know, is it, but it's long form journalism. And so I wrestled through some of that. Yeah. But I listen to uh, some bodybuilding podcasts. Mm -hmm. I like, I follow bodybuilding. I find yeah. it interesting. Same thing. Like uh, people who can, uh, operate consistently at a very high level. Yeah. It's interesting to, to me and yeah. people with extreme forms of discipline. Right. It's just, it's just fascinating to yeah. me. So, but that was the first kind of my first introduction into podcasts was, was that Conan O'Brien. And I was looking for something different when I was working out at the, at the gym. Like I listened to a lot of instrumental music, but I thought, damn, I'm just got tired. I wanted to change. And so, yeah. um, this was kind of that introduction into it. And I thought, man, this is such a great platform and how good would it be to be able to dive a little bit deeper and do a little bit more digging into some of these topics that, you know, um, we have as pastors that maybe people don't know. I thought, yeah. you know, I had lots of ideas for the original podcast um the atrium that name always came because i always wanted it to be a conver conversational like this right, is now not, yeah. not journalistic in, in or, nature or, or narrative or, narrative yeah, yeah. or interview mm -hmm. thing like yep. that and so i had all these ideas of you know kind of like um almost like just talking to other pastors like interviewing other pastors and just yeah. having conversations with other pastors just to you know i know that there are 
people that would maybe find it interesting, the craft of, and there is, you know, a certain skill set, and you can learn how to craft sermons and all those mm-hmm. sorts of things. And I thought that might be beneficial for maybe other church leaders and pastors. But then I kept thinking about how do we serve our people here? Yeah. And then it wasn't until uh, you came on and I, we started talking about podcasts. And you're like, we used to do this thing in Texas where it was like, uh, you know, talking about the sermons and submitting questions. And I've always loved the Q&A series that we've always done. Yeah. That's a great idea. And so I was thankful that, you know, you came up with that and that we were able to, you know, build this into, into what it is. Yeah. But this, yeah, just this idea of long form has been uh, really appealing to me. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Conan O'Brien. Very cool. Conan O'Brien. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Millennial mindset. (laughs) Millennial mindset. Wasn't that? (laughs) Oh, it was millennial, millennial minds. Millennial uh, Minds. We went oh, for, okay. we went yeah. for because you and Sarah had a podcast. Yeah, we did. We just kind of explored that. As like, that was my first venture into podcasting, mm. and so I think there's still like two episodes up on, but but I stopped paying to host it. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not paying for this, so yeah, <laughs> we're not continuing this. Yeah. I think I truly think I listened to one of those. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I think Rachel had told me. That, I mean, that was what a decade ago, something like that. It was like 50 years. Yeah. No, that was time. in 2017, 2018. I think we we did that. Okay. Just. Yeah thought it'd be an interesting like is this something we would like to do is this something that we'd enjoy yeah and we enjoyed it um we (laughs) i don't think she would mind me telling you this but we found that you can ask her before you edit (laughs) yeah that's right we found that we would like get in a fight before every single one because we'd come to it with different expectations and like i'm somewhat high strung when i have something i'm working on and i have a vision and um, you like creative control would you say yeah, to some degree, yeah. but I wouldn't tell her what to say. I would just say like, "Hey, here are my expectations for like if we're gonna do this. These are, you know, this is kind of read this you know, script or I'm move thinking. out." No, it wasn't no. even that. It was just like, "Here's here's what I'm thinking," and then, um, you know, I can't pinpoint any particular reason. I think it's <laughs> sometimes yeah. when we're working on something together, um, I can be overly nitpicky, and I think yeah. some of that comes from the the. And I'm not defending my. I'm I'm outing myself. Um, I think it's because of how comfortable I am with her yeah. that I treat her um, not disrespectfully, but I go overboard. Yeah, uh, I micromanage way more than I would treat anyone else, and yeah. it's like this ain't working. Well, that's the danger, right? Yeah. And sometimes the the people that you love the most and care of care about the most are the ones that you take advantage of and take for granted the most. Yeah, without yeah. even meaning to, but with, still, yeah, un- yeah, unintentionally. <laughs> yeah. So we yeah. just got to the point where like this ain't like this isn't helping us <laughs> like, and and part of it was a time commitment kind oh, of thing yeah, sure. where um and there's some other things that went along with it too but we just Those finally made the decision right? yeah for sure yeah we just finally made the decision is like this is time consuming and you know we enjoy it but is it really what we want to be using our time for yeah. you know and so we just decided like yeah it was fun. <laughs> well, what was, it what was the first podcast you listened to? First podcast I listened to was a podcast called uh, Radio Lab, and uh, they're still going. But the episode that I listened to was a collection of three stories. And Radio Lab, the format is kind of that that journalism slash narrative, okay, um, where they handle a lot of it, like they'll find an interesting story and talk about like the science that goes along with it or, or like they'll handle all kinds of different things. It's super interesting. But the first episode that I listened to was in like, I don't know, 2010, 2011. And it was an interview with a language. I, if I'm remembering correctly, 
I have to go back and listen to this because it's it's that interesting. You should listen to it too. Um, this woman was was handling and investigating Mandarin language because children in China speak earlier than children in Western nations and like in America. And she was trying to figure out why. Mm. So she was looping one phrase in Mandarin. She walked to the other room, well, forgot that she was looping it as she was listening to it and kind of listening and trying to study it and analyze it. She went to the other room and forgot that she had it looping and she was working on something in the other room and she thought she heard music in the other room. And so she thought, well, what was I playing? She goes back in the room. It's still just that that uh, Mandarin phrase being on yeah. going on repeat. And so she realized that Mandarin is very tonal. Um, mm. Different, the same words said different ways uh, can mean different things. Like ma is different from ma, and there's different inflection and really? stuff. That's that's a real example that she uses in the podcast. I can't remember what that those two different words mean, yeah. but the the tonal qualities of it. It's musical, hmm. uh, and it was just so fascinating. Yeah, so super I was like hooked immediately. I was like, "This is the most amazing podcast ever!" And so I listened. I, I mean, I haven't listened to podcasts um, consistently in the same way that I had for a long time, just because the nature of my work has changed and like, yeah, you know, time, time, and all that stuff. Yeah. But Radio Radio Lab has been kind of along the way okay. for for twelve years. Nice. Yeah, it's it's. There's a lot of really cool stuff on there. There's a lot out there. Like, there are so like, many podcasts. It's amazing to see how the format has blown up the way it has, you know? Yeah, and it, it continues to just gain traction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, when I thought about, you know, naming the podcast The Atrium, yeah. I'm like, you know, are there any other podcasts named The Atrium? And I, so I'm just like, what podcasts are out there? Is there a, a central hub that, you know, hosts all podcasts? And yeah. I mean, it's endless. Yeah. It is absolutely, you can find a podcast for just about. Yeah just about it anything yeah it's pretty it's pretty interesting and it's a wide space and it's a space that i think people you know i don't think it's going anywhere for a while it's almost a throwback to radio yeah <laughs> I mean, it's like, really it's new radio that, that's but what it is it's yeah. open to everyone right it's not controlled in the same way so in some ways that's really cool because regular people can i mean that's one of the most amazing things about the internet age you know the uh, all the tech that we have now and the ability for someone in one country on one side of the planet who doesn't have the backing of some big platform right. to still be able to connect with someone on the opposite side of the planet with similar views or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's cool. But part of the danger is that you you now have to filter it yourself. The filter right. is now people instead of organizations and companies and you know radio stations, that sort of thing. So yeah. It's a great space. It's very cool. So. Episode 10. Yeah. Meet and greet. All right, brother. Um, so yesterday, continuing in the I Am series. Yes. Yeah. Yesterday was I Am the Vine. <laughs> Why didn't we say it like that? <laughs> I don't know. It was cool, though. I liked yeah, it. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, yesterday was uh, I Am the Vine. Yeah. And I was it was telling, all about grapes. It, it was. It was. It was a uh, brought in through the loom. That was cool. well, and that's part of what we were talking about. We are now sponsored by Welch's. Yeah, that's right. So this episode of the Atrium brought to you by Welch's. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that'd yeah, be yeah. a really weird sponsorship. <laughs> How? Yeah. So, so it turns out Welch's bought the email address Schwarzenegger at AOL.com. <laughs> And I accidentally emailed oh, Welch's. No. So. Most convoluted story. The sovereignty of God truly is mysterious. Well, when he moves, he moves. Who am I to speak? 
I'm not. I'm not arguing with the Lord <laughs> on this. So yeah, yesterday was I am the vine, and I told Rachel I was particularly excited about this message because I am the vine, you are the branches is such a common I am statement that yeah. the majority of church going people they they know. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. talk, we've talked about the coffee mug verse and the. Yep. the calendar verse, the one you put in script and hang in your kitchen. Right. Like that's, yeah. that's it. This is, this is one that gets heard a lot and used a lot. Yeah. And so <clears throat> when I put the I am series together, we had these, you know, these seven I am statements that are broke out into nine yeah. I am statements. And I looked at, I am the vine and that's John 15. And I read John 15. I'm not kidding. I read John 15, probably nearly a hundred times, mm-hmm. probably, probably close to a hundred times legit. Yeah. And I didn't do that because I needed to find something profound or new. Yeah, I was just like, "What? What is this? What is this? Yeah, why is why is he?" All the questions that I answered for the church yesterday were questions that I had. Yeah, like who's Jesus talking to? That's a great place to start. Yeah, totally. You know, and just advice for anybody reading uh, God's Word, like figure out the context. Who's yeah. he talking to? <clears throat> what What is he saying? And yeah. then why is he Why is he saying it? Yeah, that's good. And where I I wound up was going. I'm the vine. I'm the vine. I'm the vine. And then I, ca- I found myself. I kept starting back John 15 verse 1 again and yeah, I'm the true vine blah, blah 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 I'm the vine I'm the true vine and I'm yeah. like holy cow that word true mm. like why would Jesus put that word true yeah you remember who he's talking to he's talking to the apostles they're going to they you know this is the inception of the church is coming soon and, right. and he's going to you know start using them to grow his church and there's going to be a lot of false prophets and yep. false teachers and so you know don't connect yourself to these pagan practices all of that yeah. but how does that fit into our lives today and i just kept thinking about that fruit of the spirit there's no way to you know i don't think there's a way to read john 15 and not think about you know galatians 5 and the fruit of the spirit and so you've got those nine fruit of the spirit, and I was reading through those, and going back to John fifteen, thinking, okay, what's what's the connection here? And if Jesus is the true vine, then we've got false vines that we connect to. And so just thinking along, like, okay, what false vines do we connect to? And then landing on the spot that we are trying to produce the fruit of the spirit by connecting to these false vines. And then yeah. I looked at these nine fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, right. kindness, goodness, you know, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And it wasn't until Friday, like when I text you, like, I've got changes to make. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's right. I was like, where are, you know, I yeah, was like, yeah. because I had all of it, all of it kind of switched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, this idea of, and if you look, if you go back and look at the original slides that I mm-hmm. sent you, love and, love and, or joy and peace aren't on there. Yeah. They're just not on there. And uh, I felt it was of the Lord. He just had me focus in on, what are we lacking yeah. in our lives? Not just as, as Christians so right. often, but just people in general, joy mm-hmm. and peace. Now those are the Bible's words for them. And yep. I'm going to use like just normal English. We're, you know, happy, happy and calm. Yeah. Like, like that's it. And joy and happiness is different. I know I, we, I get it, but these are words that we would replace joy sure. with. And I thought that so many of us aren't, we're not happy and we're not calm. Yeah. How many little, you know, uh, chalkboards have we seen, you know, keep calm, stay calm, and, and then it tells you what to do to stay, stay calm, and then going, okay, so why as Christians that are connected to the vine, are we not producing, seeing an overabundance of joy and peace Mm. in our lives? And I thought, because we're, because we're also connected to these other things, and I described it as a power strip. 
yeah. where you've got, you know, two plugs on a standard plug and then you plug a power strip in so that you can plug more into that single plug yeah. and, and trying to go, no, 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 that single plug is enough and we need to unplug so much of this yeah. stuff. And so I was particularly excited to share this because it just, it started to live for me in a different way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of the things that I struggle with in life are joy yeah. And, and peace. Yeah. I really struggle in, in those areas when it looks like, you know, the fruit of, of the Spirit. And why isn't the Holy Spirit producing those things in abundance in, yeah. in me? And it's because I plug in, I try to find my joy and peace in other things yeah. so often. And so I was excited to share that. And it went a layer deeper for me. I, I told Rachel last night, like the sermon from for me, my takeaway from it was really you know, I, I use this language of connecting the earthly vines. Sin, like why Why do I think I'm going to find joy and peace from my sin? And I was just like, I'm, and so for me, since Friday, because that's when it all hit, yeah. as I find I'm trying to take my thoughts captive with whatever sin is in my mind, mm. now I'm taking, I'm, I'm, I've added something to it. Like, Neil, this isn't going to bring you joy and mm. peace. This is not true joy and true peace. Mm. Like thinking this way about yourself, feeling jealous about this, lusting after this thing, desiring this, this is not going to bring you joy and peace. And so yeah. for me, like if nobody else got anything out of it, which is entirely possible, I I did because it's just added another layer of, dude, your sin will not bring you true joy and true mm -hmm. peace. I know you think if you could just, if you could just get rid of this back pain, your life would be great. If you could just do that, your life, it's not going to change yeah. anything. It, true joy, true peace can only come from what the vine feeds you, and he feeds us through his word. And so I was excited to communicate that and share that um, yeah. with our with our people, and I'm, I'm hoping really that good. it you know, stuck um, yeah. with us. I, dude, I thought your picture at the end that you kind of left everyone with that idea of plugging into different sources and stuff and where is your source and this idea of connecting to the vine and abiding, staying connected yeah, to yeah. the vine, connected to Jesus, um, I thought was a really great example. It made Thanks, me think, you, uh, you know, you touch on the topic of like sins and stuff, but I think there's lots of things that we plug into that are not overtly sinful. True. You know, and one thing that popped in my head is like, I, you know, maybe it's the news. Like maybe you feel oh, like yeah. you're plugged into the news. You're constantly looking at, you know, top news <clears throat> stories, stuff going on. I think a lot about times that we're going through an election period. Yeah. And it's not uncommon for us to see a lot of different things and feel like, oh, the country, we're losing the country or, um, or, um, it's going to get tough for Christians or the things we care about are, are slipping away, those, those sorts of things. Or, or the opposite of like, if this person is not elected, everything is going to fall apart. Or right. if this party is not in power, then everything's going to fall apart. Um, you know, and so we're tempted to put our trust in different things. And that's one example of that could, you know, fill in the blank of all these different things of where is our source and what are we plugged right. into when yeah. we find ourselves filling our mind and our heart with all of this stuff that isn't God's word. No. And and like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean yeah. on on your own understanding. And so yeah. Romans 13, it's it, he's the one who puts leaders in place. And that, yeah. I think that's a great example. Yeah. It, you become mastered by the news. Right. And it becomes totally. all consuming. And, it, and it's not just like political. It could right. be social. It, should, it could be called, it, it could be like the war in Ukraine right now. Like, <gasps> 
things are changing in the world. What's going to happen? Right. And that's not to say you shouldn't be informed and you oh, shouldn't care. No like way. you should care. I think we're called to to care about people Share and about things. Burdens. Of course. Right. Um, but all that's to say is like, are you filling your mind with things to the point where it's pushing out the word of the Lord? You know, God's word is no longer having a place in our mind and our heart. Um, you know, it could be anything though. That's what I'm trying to say is like, yeah, I just right. thought your example was so good because maybe for one person, it is that new cycle. They're, yeah. they're constantly plugged in. That's all they're thinking on. That's all they're meditating on. And so, you know, why would you be surprised if you're feeling anxious all the time where you can't find that peace because it feels like the world is falling apart? Sorry, the news is interesting because they share like the bad news. Like very rarely right. is it, you know. Right. So that's one example. <laughs> In of, other news, of, six puppies were born, all were <laughs> healthy, right. they're that's adorable, <laughs> and they don't have worms. That's right. Back to you, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally how it is. So <laughs> yeah. it's just, you know, we have to be mindful of what we're plugging into. And I just love that example because it, it really helped me think about it too. Like, what are the things that I'm, you know, drawing, you know, my, my power from whatever you take in is what will come out. Totally. Period. Yeah. That's so good. Mentally, emotionally, physically. Like I feel tired. I feel terrible. Okay. What are you eating? Okay, that's why you feel tired and terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm stressed out. Okay, Ten what are you of Alfredo? Right, <laughs> <laughs> you're just carving up before the marathon. That's right. That's, that's <laughs> a, a podcast marathon. <laughs> podcast marathon. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's the, that's a real principle. It's, totally. It's taking whatever you yeah. take in is going is going to come out. And so, if yeah. you are feeling a lot of anxious, uh, a lot of anxiety, and if you right. if you aren't filled with joy, if you feel, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not at not at peace with anything then, yeah. of, then of course you know yeah. you want to examine what you're what it's you're so taking good. in it's so but, good. Yeah, and was, and again you like just the way you unpacked everything was so helpful for oh, thanks man you you said it at the beginning but it's i am the vine you're the branches and there's songs about it like right we we all know that if you've been in church for you know a little bit of time you've heard this right. you know and so i think kind of it's not like you said anything new no but you presented it in a way that was really helpful to help us reflect on what it Just really is. try means. to connect it to yeah. our, our life. Very and, good. Yeah. So well, I thank you for Thanks, that, man. Yeah, for sure. And we actually got, we got some I am questions. Yes, it's it's interesting. <laughs> We've been waiting. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. So let's dive into this first one. Yeah. Hi, I've really been enjoying this series and find it so appropriate and timely considering what's going on in the world and in my life personally. Having said that, I find some of the challenges and the themes of this series very hard to apply on a day-to-day basis. How does a person manage serving God in the community while being a husband, father, and growing my career? I believe one of the biggest weapons the devil is using against our culture right now is busyness. If we fill up our schedule with false vines, there it is, we will neglect the true vine. I was reading the book of Mark 1 when uh, Jesus just leaves early in the morning and leaves the crowd. Everyone said they were looking for Jesus, but he felt the need to disconnect. It seems there are many examples of him doing this, and I love them. I would imagine the Holy Week could have been a very quote-unquote busy time for him, but isn't there evidence that he still found times to slow down even during his last week? I've heard the phrase benevolent detachment. How do we do that? Is it appropriate to schedule breaks into our day? Have there been studies on the busyness of our culture compared to other cultures, or is it just our current excuse? In other words, is there evidence that we truly are a busier culture? I'm sure back in the day before there was fast food, when people had to hunt and farm their food, that uh, that took up a lot of time and stress as well. Thanks for all you do. Man, that's about like 15 really good <laughs> questions. <laughs> That's if you're great. listening right now, get a snack. <laughs> get in Pop the, that popcorn. That's right. <laughs> yeah, hit pause. You're gonna want to eat a meal before this. We got this is a lot to answer. What a great what great questions. Oh, for sure. I have got a pile of information. I'm gonna do uh, my best again to to make uh, hopefully make this make sense. 
So we'll just kind of take this as they come in in order. Um, so how does a person manage serving God in the community while being a husband, father, and growing my career? We'll, we'll start there. There's some language that I've used in the past, and I'm, I'm sure I ripped this off of somebody. I don't think I came up with this, but I use it all the time. Um, this idea of God doing something in me before he does something through me, God mm. doing something in you before he does something through you. And I'm going to start with that language because how does a person manage serving God in the community while being a husband and a father and growing my career? Those are all things that God is doing through through you. And what I have found to be very true in my life is that God normally, and I think the pattern in scripture that we see is God wants to do something in you before he does something through you. Think about Saul of Tarsus. Think about right. Paul. Great <laughs> example. Yeah. I mean, God clearly wanted to do something in him before he did something through him. And I think yeah. we forget that sometimes as Christians because, you know, we are people that believe and have faith and God's given us that faith. And so we're not we're not wrestling necessarily with our faith as far as salvific faith goes. We we are fully bought and sold uh, for Jesus Christ. And we believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. And so we're like, you know, let's get to work. Let's go do something. I'm going to go serve in the community. I want to serve my family. I want to do all of that. And sometimes we neglect to remember that God still wants to do something in us. You think about, you know, Paul's arc, if you will. When did God stop doing something in Paul? Never. The answer is never. He continued to do that. And as he grew Paul in faith, then he would widen Paul's territory of influence that was all done through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the first thing I would say is we need to remember that God wants to do something in us. And if we're not finding the time or if we're finding it, what this listener says is very hard to apply on a day-to-day basis, this idea of slowing down and just sitting and resting in the goodness, love, and sufficiency of Christ. We're neglecting and I'll say the word preventing, but I'm going to air quote preventing the Holy Spirit, quenching the Holy Spirit from doing something in us. We're focused on the wrong, the wrong thing. Now, the question could be then, well, how do we know when the work in us is done? And the answer is never. The work in us is never done. But if we can't even get some of these, what I would consider to be foundational things, and why do we know they're foundational? Because Jesus did them, right? Even during Holy Week, he's like, yeah. give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you guys stay here. Mm. I'm going to go pray yeah. and don't fall into temptation. Like, so even the Garden of Gethsemane, like even there, he's breaking away and he's getting that, that done. What was Jesus doing? He was asking the father to do something in him, not my will, but your will be done. So he's, he's waiting for the download, if you will, from the father. And so if, if we're not getting these foundational things done, then I think we're skipping steps and there is a time. And I think that the Holy Spirit will reveal that, that, uh, to each individual person that as they kind of go down that road of sanctification, becoming more like Christ, you're going to have more moments where you're going to feel and sense, yeah, I got to break away. I got to disconnect. I need some time uh, with my father. Think about Jesus as a, as a, as a, a boy, right? Mary and Joseph, where were you? That was in my father's house. You know, I'd be about my father's business. Like he, even then Jesus broke away from his earthly parents to go be with his, his heavenly father. And so, um, I'll start there with that language. There's a, a quote by a guy named Woodrow uh, Kroll. He's the one who's uh, 
attributed, this quote is attributed to him. And the quote goes something like this. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you, he'll make you busy. Mm. And I thought that that was uh, really good because Mm. what, if the, if the enemy can't tempt you with sin and all this sort of stuff, then he'll just distract, he'll distract you and you'll get busy. And so you'll be so busy serving, serving God in the community. And, and that's a whole nother, maybe, um, something that we can open up at another time. Like, what does that really mean? Yeah. Um, serving your family or whatever, whatever that looks like that, that you are so busy doing all these other things that you're missing opportunity that the Lord wants you to kind of disconnect from, from yourself. So, uh, the first thing I would, um, advocate for is, you know, set time aside to make sure that you're continuing to not quench the spirit through your sin, through your busyness, that the Lord can continue to do something in you and then add the through what he wants to do through you um, a little bit later on. So uh, let me just, we'll skip down to these other questions. I've heard the phrase benevolent detachment. How do we, how do we do that? This idea of benevolent uh, detachment comes from a, a a guy named John Eldridge. And I, I printed out a quote. Here's kind of how John Eldridge explains this. This is from his book, Get Your Life Back, Everyday Practices for a World Gone Mad. He says, mature adults have learned how to create healthy distance between themselves and the thing they have become entangled with, thus Mm -hmm. the word detachment. It means getting untangled, stepping out of the quagmire. It means peeling apart the Velcro by which this person, relationship, crisis, or global issue has attached itself to you Mm. or you to it. Detachment means getting some healthy distance. Social media overloads our empathy. So I use the word benevolent in referring to this necessary kind of detachment because we're not talking about cynicism or resignation. Benevolent means kindness. It means something done in love. Jesus invites us into a way of living where we are genuinely comfortable turning things over to him. So John Eldridge kind of came up with this term, uh, benevolent detachment. And it's this idea where it's intentional, removing yourself, distancing yourself, disconnecting yourself, untangling yourself from things that have bound you up. And you don't do it from a place of cynicism or resignation. You're not, you know, I'm angry and I'm I'm leaving. The idea is you do it in love. And again, I think this attaches very much to this idea of God doing something in you. And, you know, before he does something through you, you're untangling yourself from all the busyness of life because you're recognizing that that is crowding your space. People only have so much bandwidth. Right. Uh, we have, uh, I got Rachel an iPad. Oh, man. I don't know when they first came out. When did the iPad come out? 2008, something like that. So we have this really old iPad, and it's 16 gigs. And you take, like, one video. The, the OS software on it is 9 gigs. And then I think the system data alone is another <laughs> 4 gigs. So 13 gigs just in system data yeah. and software. So you've got, you know, what, a couple of gigs yeah. to, to take <clears throat> video. And Henry likes to play with this iPad. And yeah. it's always going storage full. <laughs> and he's like, I took like four videos. It's like, <laughs> this thing's like, I can't handle it. Yeah. It doesn't have the storage. It doesn't have the capacity. It doesn't yeah. have the bandwidth to do it. Yeah. 
Same with us. We only have, everybody has 24 hours, yep. but how we apply that 24 hours is is different. And what you can handle, there are mm-hmm. people that can shoulder a wider load of activity and busyness, and they can handle that because that's a gifting from the Holy Spirit. It's a spiritual yep. gift of maybe administration, if sure. you will, where the, the Lord can, you know, through the power of the Holy Spirit, help you compartmentalize and navigate all of these different things and schedules and arrange it all. And so this idea of benevolent attachment is in love and for the purpose of, of benefit, not a, this is proactive, not reactionary. You remove yourself, detach yourself from some of these things that are tangling you up. And so how, how do we do that? And I think this is answered in the next question. Is it appropriate to schedule breaks into our day? The answer is wildly yes. Yes. And this is what I would advocate for. And this is what I have advocated for in dozens of sermons over the last seven years that the Lord has allowed me to preach is schedule it. Like put it in your phone. A lot of people have smartphones. Mm -hmm. Put it in your phone. Schedule the break. Hopefully you have an idea of what your week's going to look like. You know, if you're, you know, working for an employer, if you're working from home, if you're a mom, if you're not a mom or a dad or say you've got an idea of what your week is going to look like. Mm -hmm. So you schedule that, that time. And I think where people often get, wildly discouraged is they're like, I'm going to read the Bible for an hour a day and I'm going to, I'm going to pray for an hour a day and I'm going to have an hour of meditation. Hang on. Like you're, you're going to over promise and under deliver. You're kind of taking too much on at once. And so we don't need to make these massive shifts initially because it's, it's like a diet. If you, Mm -hmm. if you are a person that doesn't eat uh, healthy food on a regular basis, and you decide you're going to just completely shift your entire diet, statistically, you're going to fail. Right. Like, just start by cutting out processed sugar. Yeah. Just start there. Mm-hmm. Go eat a banana and a strawberry. Well, that's still sugar. Trust me. <laughs> start there. I've done this for a lot of people. I did it for years. This is part of my job for yeah. years in, in fitness. Just start there, and then we'll, we'll start to make these changes. you got to make these small incremental changes over time. Mm-hmm. We'll go, well, the Holy Spirit can do this. I understand, but don't test the Lord your God like you're putting him <laughs> in this place where you're probably you're probably going to wind up failing. And so it's making these small incremental uh, incremental changes to your day. So schedule breaks within your day. For many people, they they get up and they hit the ground running yeah. um, because their kids wake them up or their alarm wakes them up. And if their alarm is waking them up, that means because they have somewhere to be. Mm-hmm. And if they're um, typically, and if their kids are waking them up, their kids need their attention. Yeah. And so if you know your kids up are up at six o'clock every day, get up at 530. If you know you got to get up every day at six o'clock to be at your job, then get up at 530. Um, I would advocate depending on the type of person that you are doing it first thing in the morning, because if you go to do it, the last thing, I mean, that's where everything kind of falls off is by the end of your day, you're just kind of fried and and wiped out. And so doing that on the front end of your day is a great way to, to get that, to get that scheduled. So Mm -hmm. uh, is it appropriate to schedule breaks into our day? I think the answer is, is yes. So they go on to say, uh, have there been studies on the busyness of our culture compared to other cultures, or is it just our current excuse? In other words, is there evidence that we truly are a busier culture? And uh, have there been studies? Yes, a ton. Uh, Isn't it an excuse? Yes, it's an excuse. And are we (laughs) truly busier than other cultures? Well, yes. So I'm going to just do a, a 
an unload, a, a data dump, if you will, mm. here. Um, and let me start here because they go on to say, I'm sure back in the day before there was fast food and people had to hunt and farm their food, that took up a lot of time and stress as well. This, this is a very smart listener, right? They're, they're thinking. Right. Yeah. And that's absolutely true. So uh, from between the years 1965 and 2011, they estimated that housework, the amount of time that was spent on doing housework, things like dishes, you know, just cleaning, dusting, all that kind of stuff, uh, dropped by about 35% based mm. on modern convenience. Things like right. the dishwasher, the microwave, just eliminated so much um, or freed up so much time yeah. for for people. So. Yes, absolutely. There's been a decline, you know, grocery stores, you can pick up groceries, groceries can get delivered to your house now, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> we've certainly come a long way. Modern convenience has certainly uh, lessened the amount of time that we have to do with some of these domestic things, some of these everyday responsibilities like cooking and cleaning. I mean, you can even, um, there are services out there where they will send you the ingredients and then a, a recipe and you right. make this food and you can go one step further and just get the pre-made meal. That is somewhat, somewhat fresh. So yeah, modern convenience is certainly less than the amount of time that we need for domestic things, but culture, particularly Western culture, has responded. So according to the Center for American Progress, in 1960, about 20% of mothers worked. Fast forward to today, and you've got about 70% of mothers that are in the workforce. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, women work on average, working women work on average about 8.33 hours a day. Men work about 9.09 hours per day. Product productivity since the 1960s has increased in the U.S by about 430%. Wow. So we are definitely a working uh, culture, a working nation, but how does that compare to the rest of the world? Do we work more than the rest of the world? And the answer is absolutely yes, mm. we do. Uh, one of the interesting things that I found is uh, we are the only country that doesn't have what's called legally mandated annual leave. Mm. So we get, for example, we get vacation, right? But no one forces us. There is no federal law that requires us to take that vacation. Yeah. In every other country, essentially, I'm painting with a bit of a broad brush, sure. it is federally mandated that you cannot work. And the average amount of time that you are forced to be away from your job is about 20 days. Mm. In certain countries, uh, like France, it's 30 days. Mm. You are not, it's illegal to work. Wow. <laughs> you have to take that time off. It's not that way in America. Everybody gets, you know, uh, sick days you can take, but yeah. are, you, are you really sick? You know, think you come yeah. in. Uh, things like uh, maternity leave, paternity leave, all that is left up to that private, private sector. Now you see a little bit more um, in the, in the, um, like the government jobs and things like that. Certainly benefits are a little bit different there, but nobody's forcing anybody to do all of this right. stuff. And because of that, American productivity is up 430% because companies are asking more of their employees, whether it's the public or private sector. Mm -hmm. And as that compares to other countries, and I just grabbed a couple of these real quick, um, right, right now, in like 2020, 2021, and uh, and I got this data from the Organization for Economic and Co Cooperation Development. Right now, Americans are working about 435 more hours a year than anybody in Germany, about 400 more hours a year than anybody in the United Kingdom. And, wow. and the, I'm going to stop there. The list just goes on and on and yeah. on. Americans are certainly working more. 
And it would stand to reason, well, if we're working more, then we're busier, so we're not going to have time to set aside that time of reflection and meditation. We're not going to have time to right. read the Bible and all of that. And that, to a certain extent, might hold up. The problem is that the Bureau of Labor Statistics also tells us that the average American spends about 3.1 hours a day watching TV. Mm. So, yes, we are certainly working more than people in other cultures and other countries. However, we're still pretty good at leisure. Mm. We're still pretty good at leisure. So what we're really talking about here is a matter of prioritizing what time remains mm -hmm. and pro and conning, if you will, the deep need that I think many, and I'll say Americans, feel to have their hands in everything. Right. There, if in, I'm thinking particularly of, you know, maybe parents and kids and sporting and, yeah. you know, the, the kids got to be in dance and volleyball and yeah. soccer and track and, and they've got them in all of these things, but mm -hmm. they don't have where we're not reading the Bible. Yeah. Um, we'll go back to the original thing. You know, how do I manage being serving God in the community and being a husband and a father? Well, it, maybe you shouldn't be serving the God in the, in the community in whatever fashion that is yeah. until you can uh, uh, allow, and I'll use that word again, allow mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit to do something in you. If we can't even spend, you know, a half hour a day of quiet time and get away, then I don't think that we should be necessarily filling up our time serving everybody else. You, there's preparation that needs to come in. It would be like a, a football team not having a practice and then hitting the field and then being shocked okay. why they lost the game. Well, you didn't, you didn't practice. Yeah. You didn't practice at all. And so we are certainly busier as, as Americans when it comes to work, but we still have found a way to waste, waste time. Mm. So what I would advocate uh, for this listener, for, for, any, for myself, for you, for all, any of us, is really try to objectively look at your schedule. What is necessary? Yeah. What is necessary? What do you need to do in order to meet your responsibilities as a, a human being, as maybe a husband and as a father. Mm. Are you less of a father because your child isn't in two or three sports or learning the flute, the piano, and the drums? Like, are, is that really what it means? Are you less of a mother um, because, you know, you're not making fresh cookies uh, for your preschool, mm. your, your child's preschool class? And, you know, are we doing all of these things? And those are good things to do, sure. but not at the sacrifice of spending time alone with the Lord, being yeah. alone with him, being in community with him, worshiping, growing, serving, and telling, taking that time, you know, like these challenges have been throughout the series of challenging people, get away, get away, spend time, and just thank God for being the bread of life. Thank God for being the, thank God for being the good shepherd. Thank yeah. God for being the true vine, for being enough yeah. for all of us. Don't feel like you got to start doing that 3.1 hours a day. You don't need to give up all your TV time or all yeah. your leisure time. Sure but you slowly start to introduce that. And what's going to happen, and I'm not prophesying over anyone, but let me, <laughs> but let me tell you what's gonna happen. That half hour is gonna mean more to you than just about anything else in your day. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're gonna want and crave more of it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you're going to want to spend more time. So you're going to be like, yeah, you know what? I mean, I'd like to see this next episode of the show, but you know, Hey honey, I'm going to just go to, go to the basement for a little bit or, you know, Hey honey, I'm going to go upstairs to, to the reading room and yeah. just spend some time alone. You'll find, or Hey honey, let's do that together. Or Hey kids, let's, let's do this together. Or maybe you're single and you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to turn the TV off and just praise the Lord for a while. That will become your favorite part of the day. And again, I advocate um, and this is this is me. This is not the Lord <laughs> saying this. Certainly, doing that on the front end of your day, it not only uh, guarantee. I shouldn't say guarantee. It's not only more likely you're gonna you're actually gonna do it because it's the first thing you do uh, in your day. But it's also going to kind of set your day up. If you start yeah. the day waking up going, okay, let me just sit and just thank God for being who he God, this is the day yeah. you have made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. Whew, I got a bunch of stuff going on, but I just want to sit. And just praise you right now. God, thank you for your love. Thank you yeah. for your mercy. God, thank you for the bed that I just got out of. God, yeah. thank you for this shower yep. that I'm about to take. Just taking these little things, and and I say little, but they're not little. They're huge. They're yeah. unbelievable blessings that the Lord has given us. And elevating those as a means to elevate him and praise him for who he is, yeah. That's gonna that pace is going to continue on through your day so that when the boss goes crazy on you and you miss the deadline or the deal falls through or the kids are screaming or your husband forgot to, you know, swing by and pick up, you know, the juice from the store, whatever it winds up being sure. is like, you know, this is not going to derail me because yeah. I'm still thankful for what the Lord has, has done. Yeah. So I hope <laughs> that was a pile. It was <laughs> so, good. So, so what yeah. would you like to add, my dear boy? Nothing. The only, the only thought I had was almost a picture of, you know, you talk about this idea of like diet, um, you know, we talk about a spirit, spiritual diet, though. Yeah. Um, and it occurred to me is like, you know, no one thinks it's healthy to constantly be sitting at the dinner table just eating, 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 as if the thought of I have been eating well lately, so I need to sit at the table and eat for six hours. This today. is good. Yeah, keep going. With you this. know, and so the point is that you eat a nutritious meal and then you digest it when it's Your time body, to eat. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You eat when it's time to eat, but then you digest it throughout the day. Your body is using it for energy. So just like you are you're eating to feed your body. You need to eat to feed your soul. And that doesn't mean you have to sit for six hours and eat and eat and eat and eat. It means you eat something that's actually meaningful, which would be the word of God, time and prayer, uh, connecting with the Lord in those ways. But then being intentional about how you would digest it, I think is important too. And so that's where you kind of take it into work, into the family, into even your hobbies and your times of leisure um, you are digesting what the Lord is teaching you either in his word. And, you know, I mean, you were just even talking practically of like, are we spending time thanking the Lord for who he is that thanking Jesus for being the, the true vine, thanking Jesus for being the good shepherd, thanking Jesus for being the bread of life, all these things. Are we digesting that throughout the day or do we just leave that at the table? And then we move on yeah, about our so day and expect yeah. to be able to interact in those, those places of our life, the different spheres of responsibility. You talked about the Lord doing something in us before doing something through us. Well, if we're not actually digesting what we're trying to take in spiritually, or we're not trying to take anything in spiritually and expecting to be able to serve and serve the Lord and serve other people out of a deficit, a spiritual deficit, you're spiritually starving. You have nothing to, nothing right. to offer anyone right. else. And then when you go into life and you're dealing with all the things that come along with life, 
you have nothing to use to to sustain yourself in those times of frustration that you were just naming off all these different circumstances of frustration, disappointment, all the things that we suffering, all the things that we face every single day, temptation to sin, all these things, um, you have nothing to draw strength from. And yeah. so that's kind of going back to being plugged into the source. That's where you're going to draw strength from, strength from the Lord, strength from his words, strength from time spent in preparation for those times. You can't get into your day and be shocked that I'm feeling frustrated right now. How can this be? Right. But then you have something to draw from and, yeah. and meet that frustration with, meet that disappointment with, meet that temptation with. Um, so anyways. yeah, that's, that's super good. Like, I mean, you think about diet and nutrition, you know, what you, what you eat is going to determine the quality of your workout Yeah. and what is a workout? It's putting your muscles under stress, it's putting yeah. them under load. It's what we call in the biz time under tension. Mm. Right. And so whatever you take in is what's going to allow you to be able to survive and recover from time under tension. And yep. so if you take in the word of God and you digest it, then when the tension comes and it will come yep. when things don't go as planned, then you'll be able to handle the load a little bit differently because you fed your body what it needs to do that. And then you're going to recover better yep. as well. And then that's the thing, like you may do well in the moment, take an argument, you know, with uh, with a spouse or a coworker or a friend, mm -hmm. you may do really well in the moment, yeah. and you may be like, "I was reserved, I was humble, I was gentle." Mm -hmm. um, you know, I said that I told the truth in love, and I did all that, and then the and then the argument, the debate is over, and then you go home and you start stewing. Oh yeah. Well, now now we're in the recovery phase. Like you can go to the gym and you can bench press, you know, five hundred pounds and get a good workout, but then the growth takes place during recovery. Mm. You can, you can work out till you're blue in the face and, and work out every single day. But if you don't give your body the protein it needs, the muscles can't, they cannot grow. They can't recover. Yeah. And then the next time you go to work out, you're going to get hurt. You're going to yeah, get injured. Good. And so you take all of this in, like you said, you digest it and you can't sit down and eat all the time. That wouldn't be healthy. And oh. I think that's what we do as Christians. We we're like, I'm just going to eat forever. Well, that's what I was thinking yeah. about is like, we think about it in terms of diet of like, I haven't been getting enough uh, vegetables. So tomorrow I'm going to eat 10 pounds of vegetables. <laughs> that makes no sense. Your body can't digest that. And the same way, it's like, I haven't been in the word. Well, I'm going to read... Uh, the entire book of Psalms, you know, it's is that like, the title for the podcast? 10 pounds of vegetables. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let it be. I'm writing it down. Oh, well, well done. My boy. <laughs> uh, vegetable. Vegetable. Oh my goodness. That's it. fantastic. Oh, it's good. But no, you have this, it's like so this thought that you're just going to load up your plate full of like spiritual nutrition. It's just like right. your body doesn't know how to, to digest that. And Chances and let's are say you accomplish it the next time you see broccoli. Yeah. You will just I mean, you're yeah. just instantly gonna feel the same pain yeah. in your stomach that you had when you ate it. Right. Yeah. But the point is is that over time you're slowly introducing more and more yeah. of that until your body can handle it. But that's the point is even in eating even in talking about food, you never get to the point where you're eating twenty pounds of food a day. Right. Unless you're like an elephant and then you're gonna be eating Michael a whole Phelps, lot more. maybe. Michael Phelps, maybe. <laughs> but seriously, it's like there's nothing overtly spiritual about a, a monumental intake of spiritual content. Because what matters is not what goes in, but what comes out. Right. And so what comes out is gonna be what is you know, the indicator of what's actually taking root in your heart. And so right. you can bathe yourself. Like I just often think about the fact that there are secular biblical scholars. There right. are secular right. experts on the Old on Testament the and the Testament, New Testament right. that know more than I'm ever going to know. Same. Yeah. And they don't trust Jesus. Right. They don't believe that he's the son of God. 
you know, so it's not the content itself. It's what the Lord is going to do through that content. And so we can trust that if we, if we prioritize the time and we can only really focus on one, one, one Psalm, one short Psalm, one verse, one phrase that Jesus says, you know, he says, I'm the bread of life. Meditate on that, digest that, you know, spend time in that. That's going to be more fruitful than breaking your brain by trying to fit in all this stuff. Yeah. All of Romans in one sitting thinking that that's going to do any good. It's not. Um, you're you're not going to be able to digest that like mentally or even your heart. You know, certainly the Lord can still work through that. We trust that He's going to do that. Right. But um, all that's to say is you can be smart about it and really think like, you know, what's realistic and what's yeah. actually going to be helpful and what is the Lord actually calling you to. Um, you know, we can't just go forward thinking we're going to erase like years of bad you know, spiritual prioritization of the word and stuff. I haven't been reading the Bible regularly for a year, so I'm going to all of a sudden do all this crazy stuff. That's not right. going to I got to lose 50 pounds. I'm going to do it in a week. Right. Yeah. You can't do that. You it takes time it. and it takes slowly building those, those, you know, priorities and foundations for how going forward, you're going to spend regular time with the Lord and yeah. then use those quiet times of prioritize. What was the word? Benevolent, uh, detachment, detachment. Yeah. Using that time going forward. Um, you know, it doesn't need to be some crazy huge commitment. It needs to be a consistent, consistent, wise commitment. Yeah, that's the thing. And and the same thing again. Back to diet. Like if you if you cut too much too soon, it does more damage to your body. Yeah. Um, you know, keto. I've got strong feelings on on keto. I can tell. Yeah. Every time I see you, I'm just like that dude has strong feelings. I do keto. have strong. <laughs> <laughs> like the elimination of carbs. You know, the, the it's not sustainable. Yeah, it's not your body needs it. Yeah. Like, and so you can do it for a period of time, and, and you may be able to read, you know, an entire book every single day, and then spend an hour in worship and an hour, and then serving the community, doing all of that. Yeah. But it's it's not really sustainable, yeah. and you know. Granted, I mean, we do need to provide for our family. You got to raise right. your kids. Yeah. You got to take care for your wife and take yeah. care of your husband. And you got to take care of your friends and you got to yeah. take care of your parents and your brothers and sisters. And mm-hmm. you should s- still be serving in church and, yeah. and all of those things. And so finding and scheduling those times, yeah. those quiet times, uh, is is vitally important you yeah. know having said that, i find some challenges in the theme of the series very hard to apply on a day-to-day basis welcome to the club <laughs> <laughs> you know like if this was ever a, an instance of practice what you preach yeah that's that's me like i gotta i gotta do too and we've i've talked about in the past how you know every time i crack open a bible it's like well, how can i use this for a sermon how can i and just it's really challenging for me to just sit sit yeah. in it so yeah let yeah. god do, do something in you uh, before he does something through you and yeah schedule that schedule that time it's and good. i think it'll be it'll be helpful and beneficial really good. nothing's better than cracking open a cold bible <laughs> <laughs> What do we got next? Oh, boy. All right. Great question coming up. I am divorced, and that took its toll on me. Mm. I was at your sermon on dating, and I have thought about your message frequently. My children are grown, so I have a lot of time alone. I have wonderful friends, but they are married and still have kids at home. I don't know if I could ever marry again. In your sermon, I took from it that the intent of dating is marriage, and if I don't have an end goal of marriage, I shouldn't be dating. Am I interpreting that correctly? Uh kind of interpreting that correctly. Um, but I think it, it would be helpful to expand on that. I, I think, I think ultimately I'd say, no, that's not, that's not the intent of what I was trying to say. Uh, that word, if I don't have an end goal of marriage, I shouldn't be dating. I, I wouldn't say that. 
uh, I would say I, I wouldn't be dating me personally. I wouldn't yeah. be dating. And so much of that comes from first Corinthians seven. And I'm just going to read this. Uh, if you, this is the you know, standard version, the section of this, the uh, section of scripture, the title of it is principles for, for marriage. And so these are principles for marriage. These aren't principles for dating, but I think we can glean some stuff from this. Uh, now concerning the matter, Paul wrote, uh, Paul wrote, <laughs> Paul, Paul writes, now concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman, but because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband, for the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Now, and this is interesting, I referred to this earlier, as a concession, not a command, I say this, I wish that all were as I myself am, but each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. To the unmarried and to the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. I'll just stop there. So these are principles for marriage. And I think these can be principles for dating. Mm. When I think of dating, and this individual may think of dating completely different. Sure. But when I think of dating, I think of romantic dating. Yeah. Um, this isn't hanging out with a, a friend of the opposite sex that's yeah. completely benevolent, that there's no a sexual attraction, there's no yeah. um, desire for intimacy yeah. or anything. I th When I think of dating, I think of a person that you are romantically interested in. And yeah. I think what Paul says to us here is... Uh, pretty it's pretty powerful it's good for a man and we could throw a woman in there not yeah. to have sexual relations with a with a woman or a man yeah but because of the temptation to sexual immorality each man should have his own wife there is going to be sexual temptation if you are dating romantically more than likely unless the lord does a completely unique work in both parties and that's the thing mm -hmm. that maybe you i don't know if this is a man or a woman i have no idea right. if this is a man or a woman but if if you are able to uh, as a woman date somebody romantically and not have sexual thoughts sexual desires sexual enticement as a part of that mm -hmm. relationship that doesn't mean that the guy doesn't yep. and as a guy if you can date a woman romantically and have no sexually immoral thoughts, that doesn't mean that the girl isn't. And remember that it is a, I, it's sinful to lead others into sin. We shouldn't be causing anybody to stumble. Yeah. And so, um, you know, should I, am I not allowed to date? I, I don't see where the scriptures say that explicitly that you can't date. But what the scriptures say is don't put yourself in a position that you're going to quote, burn with passion for right. it's better to marry than to burn with passion yeah. so both parties would need to be able to exercise extreme self-control right there would need to be a conversation up front mm -hmm. of listen you know um i'm attracted to you we're going to date but there will be no sexual immorality in any way shape or form that's going to happen um this person says, I don't know if I could ever marry again. Yeah. I don't know the background, any of that situation. I can't yeah. speak into any any of that, yeah. really. And right. I would want to be 
hypersensitive not to you yeah. know get over it you know you could i would never say yeah. anything like that or you know or the opposite yeah you should never marry again right. i i would never i can't begin to put myself or insert myself into that situation but to date romantically mm-hmm. and that's typically what that word date means yeah. as far as my understanding i think right. the common, yeah. common general understanding yeah. you would have to set extreme ground rules on the front end like yeah. because we, you, you can't put yourself in a position to 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 fail right make no provision for sin that's what the scriptures tell yeah. us in other words don't feed the sin don't put yourself in a position where you can sin yeah so um I took from it that the intent of dating for marriage is marriage. And if I don't have an end goal of marriage, I shouldn't be dating. Am I interpreting that correctly? Kind of, but not, not really yeah. um, because this, this makes it seem like it's a sin to do that. Yeah. But you, you can, I think you could, but you yeah. would just have to have a really open, honest conversation. Both parties would have to agree. Both parties would have to stick to it. Yeah. And if you're not going to, then you would want to, Date with the intent to 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 marry. Yeah. Um, and if you're not dating with the intent to marry, and there is no romantic, then you're just hanging out. Yeah. That that's all that just companionship is not no. necessarily romantic. It's good to have friends. I think it is. I friends think. of the opposite sex is is challenging. Yeah. You know. Um. I think as a single person, you know, you can you can maybe dive into those waters. Yeah. But again, it's going to be a lot of ground rules. I mean, we right. just know, yeah. we just know that the more time you spend with somebody, uh, you know, from uh, the opposite sex, then, you know, it's, it's possible that feelings could develop. I mean, yeah. close quarter syndrome is maybe a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for people where you're just around somebody all the time and then maybe you weren't initially physically attracted to them, right. but then over time you get to know their personality and you understand them emotionally. And yeah. so you start to become attracted to them in a different way and a friendship builds. And I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, that's a, that's a real thing. And if you're single, that's something that happens quite often. I mean, there's a reason we have the rules that we have here you know, at church for us pastors, yes. like, you yeah. know, we're not, you know, as, as pastors, we're not riding in the car with, with women, married women, single, we're not doing that. Yeah. Like we're not, we can't be alone right. <laughs> in the building with, yep. with women. I mean, we're just not even going to put ourselves in that, yep. in that position because we know we're potentially putting ourselves in a, in a yep. position to fail, um, in, in that way and maybe build that type of bond. Yeah. You know, when we do counseling, you know, I've counseled women in the past. Um, you can, it's during office hours, the building mm-hmm. is filled. People are in the back offices. There's a window on my door. Like, yep. yeah, I mean, we stay far apart. Like there, all these things are, are put in place. And so, you know, I think you can, I think you can date romantically, but you just have to, we can't, compromise and I think discount the warning that Paul gives like listen I wish you were single um, like I am and we can we don't know if Paul dated it doesn't say I I feel comfortable saying he probably didn't date he seemed like he was a little busy well maybe at this point oh you mean at this point in his life at this point in his life it didn't seem like it (laughs) no because at this point he's dedicated himself fully to the work of the Lord you know did he date you know earlier before that maybe again I'm I'm assuming here and and but what we can do is we can look to Jesus like there's no mention of Jesus you know doing that one thing singleness is a gift from from the Lord and, and we've talked about this in the past how yeah. it can free up time for you to more maybe do some things for the lord that you wouldn't be able to do if you had a husband and, mm-hmm. and maybe kids and all that sort of stuff we don't we don't know if paul was dating at this point but it 
yeah. you know, just based on what we know of his missionary journeys. Sure. If he was he wasn't home <laughs> very often, he was gone quite a bit. Yeah. So yeah, I think you can. I think you'd have to set some specific ground rules so that you don't burn with with passion. That's good. Cool. Last but not least, I just finished episode episode six. I know I'm a little behind, just a wee bit. That's okay. I'm pumped that they made it through six. I am too. That's, <laughs> that's it's quite the journey. All right, <laughs> we would like to send you a pin or a ribbon. <laughs> so we're at church. <laughs> that's right. Oh my gosh, I know I'm a little behind, but I wanted to talk about this for a minute. I'm a woman with an unnaturally high sex drive, but because I'm single and uh, because I am single, I am abstaining. I'm in a season of singleness, and I want more than anything to be married. There are no single men who love Jesus who are pursuing me. I know if I go to the wrong places, I can easily find a man who would date me, mm. but I refuse to settle. Why would God allow me to have this sex drive if I can't fulfill it in the context of marriage? Sex is a taboo topic in the church because you're either married and it's private, or you are single and it's a sin. I'm tired of waiting, but I'm traditional in the sense that I believe the man should pursue the woman. So since no one wants to pursue me, why would God allow me to be constantly, relentlessly sexually frustrated? Super honest question. Yeah. I highly doubt this is the first person to have these questions or thoughts. Oh, it no way. Sounds super relatable. One of the things that you and I talked about in this um, listener writes, right, sex is a taboo topic in the church. And one of the things that I have been so, it's been interesting to see that, you know, we've opened up this topic of sexuality lust, pornography, yep. and we've done it because people have felt comfortable to ask these questions. And yeah. I know that um, it's been uh, at times, and I've, I've gotten some feedback, like, you know, the topic was uncomfortable at first to, but to listen to, um, sure. but, you know, we, we, we push through, we listen to it. And I think that's, I think that's great. I'm glad that our people feel safe enough to talk about this mm -hmm. because sex is not a taboo topic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is all throughout scripture and right. there are very strong warnings on what to avoid and what's permissible yeah. uh, within this. And so I just applaud this listener uh, for being willing to open up, yeah. particularly a, a woman opening up that saying that she has an, an unnaturally high sex drive and I applaud her for for abstaining and I've got yeah. some thoughts on this and this may go uh, a place that this listener may not have thought it would it would go but I think I want to open this up a little bit and um, talk about this but well I'll answer the very last question um, well I guess the initial question uh, so since no one wants to pursue me why would God allow me to be constantly relentlessly sexually frustrated and that is because God allows sin that's the answer. I wish I had a better answer for this listener. Uh, I wish I could give more explanation. And I can, in a sense, um, open up the topic of why God allows sin. We're not going to do that today. Sure. We have some other questions in the back pocket that, you know, uh, we can open that up. We've tried to keep the questions, you know, uh, yeah near or around the sermon yeah. series for the most part. And this is still dealing with the grace right. here. So the answer is because God allows sin. We've talked about 1 Corinthians 10, 13 a, a lot. And what I'm sensing uh, from this is, you know, I have an unnaturally high sex drive. So why would God allow me to be constantly really sexually frustrated? It's possible that this individual feels like this sin is almost uh more difficult to fight than other sins. Yeah. And perhaps in their life, 
this is the sin that is most difficult to fight, but you yeah. think about somebody that doesn't necessarily struggle with sexual thought, sexual immorality, but they struggle with alcoholism. Right. Now, for them, the question is, why would God allow me to desire drink so much? Yeah. Or a person who's, you know, uh, popping pills. You know, why right. would God allow me to desire, you know, taking these pills? Yeah. So each person has kind of their, we refer to them as signature sins, and, and that's just an easy way to refer, but they're, they're the few things, and, and some people deal with many things, yeah. but there's a few things that are really, really challenging for them as it relates to living a sanctified, holy, set-apart life. For this particular individual, it's this sex drive that can't be realized yeah. because they're single, mm -hmm. and they're doing the right thing. You're doing, if you're listening, you're doing the right yeah. thing. You're abstaining. You're doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm glad you're frustrated because that means you're doing the right thing. Right. <laughs> but God allows sin. Yeah. But he promises in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that we've talked about that no sin has overtaken us that isn't common to man. But when temptation comes, he will provide the way of escape. And so you are taking the way of escape by abstaining. Yeah. Continue taking the way of escape. Mm -hmm. uh, again, I wish I had a a answer that might make them feel better, might relieve some of that sexual tension mm -hmm. that they feel, and that's a real yeah. thing. That tension, but that sexual tension is the tension between good and evil, mm -hmm. between the Holy Spirit and the sin nature. Mm. It's these two forces are constantly fighting, Paul tells us. They're yeah. they're in constant opposition. So uh, the answer, again, just being that God, God allows sin in this world, and yeah. we can open that up on another, on another podcast as it relates to another yeah. question uh, as well. The thing that I want to touch on a little bit here, and, and this may, again, go somewhere that the listener wasn't, <laughs> you, may not, <laughs> you may not have seen, <laughs> but they write, but I am traditional in the sense that I believe the man should pursue the woman. Mm. I found that really, really interesting. Yeah. And so... That is uh, a statement that can come from a lot of different places, right? Yeah, Traditional. What does that mean? Traditional, like, you know, what you saw in, we'll say, the 40s, the 50s, the 30s. Sure. Uh, traditional as, are we going back to Bible times? Right. And so I want to open this up a little bit and talk about what does the Bible say? Mm -hmm. Because the Bible doesn't really talk about this Man. much, so let's piece let's piece something together. There, there are a lot of people that would say <laughs> it's one of those a politician statements. Right? There's a lot of people that say I came across. Let me let me rephrase that. I came across a lot of material <laughs> that would uh, advocate that it is God's preference that the man initiate. Mm. and that the woman respond mm. when it comes to dating. Yeah. And they use um, sections of Scripture, and I'm going to read some of the sections of Scripture, and this comes from a pretty well-known um, source on this on this topic. But here's what they would say. So we'll go to Proverbs. My little, That's nice. My little I like that. There. Cute. <laughs> Proverbs 18, verse 22. This is Solomon. He says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and abstains favor from the Lord. He who finds... Obtain, abstains or obtains? Sorry, obtains favor. <laughs> <laughs> the microphone... You've got abstinence on the brain. <laughs> 
what I realized is that if I close my right eye, I can't see at all. I'm looking at the microphone. He who finds a raccoon <laughs> finds a home intruder. Ma? <laughs> Full circle. Yeah, thank you. That's there good. It is. I like he it. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains <laughs> a favor from the Lord. Uh, I was trying some out. I'm a good catch. Is that the new podcast title? Abstains favor from the Lord? <laughs> no, we're still going with 10 pounds of vegetables. Okay, okay. So this resource and and many resources that advocate that uh, and it comes on both ends you know uh, this particular resource is a woman that advocates that a man and only a man should initiate yeah. and and pursue in a woman's job is to respond yeah. to to dating and and they use this as um a proof text mm. right he who finds a, a wife so the man goes out and he looks and he finds yeah. a wife finds a good thing and then they obtain favor from the lord so yeah. they go well why would god give them favor well because they did what god would desire them to do and they go out and they find a wife then they go on um and use proverbs 19 verse 14 um House and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. So now it's not just the man going out and finding, it's the Lord giving right. the the woman to the man, and, and God gives that through the man's pursuit. Um, and then they would also go on and say, verse 21, one, the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. And so this idea that, you know, God will stir the heart of a king, of a man, and he'll turn it to find a woman, and then God will give the man the woman. And kind of the the list of scriptures from, from Proverbs continues on, and it's this idea sure. that God's original design was that the man initiates and that the woman responds. Mm. And and I want to I want to put Proverbs in context, because the whole idea is that, you know, from this particular resource, is that if God wanted that, then Proverbs would have talked about women pursuing men, and it mm. would it would have brought that in. But we need to go back to um, who is the audience. We did this yesterday right. with the I Am series, right? Yep. Who is Jesus talking to? So who is Solomon talking to? Proverbs 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. So Solomon is David's son. He, and he's the king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction and wise dealing. He's telling us why he's writing it in righteousness and justice and equity to give prudence to the simple knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain or abstain. <laughs> guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then he goes on to tell us, that's why he's writing this, who he's talking to. Here, my son, mm. your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, and we'll stop there. Solomon is writing Proverbs to his son. Right. So, of course, he's going to say, he who finds a wife finds yeah. a good thing. He's not going to be, he finds a husband. He's giving instruction to his son. Yeah. That's what he's doing here. So we can't take that and then put it together with these proof texts of a man, only a man should initiate and use those as proof texts, I should say. We can't do that. Yeah. 
Now, on the other end, some would say, well, I think it's completely permissible for a woman to pursue a man, and I think the Bible teaches us that. Let's go to the story of Ruth and Boaz. Mm. And so they'll go to... Naomi having a conversation with with Ruth and then Ruth, you know, going to Boaz and she's pursuing and and that is also gleaning, right? She's gleaning (laughs) from the threshing floor and all that. And and we have to remember that culturally there was uh, an expectation of, you know, this uh, this redeemer, this kinsman redeemer. And so we can't we can't take that story out of context either. She wasn't necessarily pursuing Boaz romantically, but more more perhaps as a as a redeemer to redeem her status as a as a woman to yeah. redeem her culturally uh not necessarily romantic pursuit as well so you've got other people on the other end that say it's completely fine and they try to use the bible to to yeah. do, to do this and so i say all of that to say this that the bible doesn't say that a woman can't pursue a man romantically yeah. and the bible doesn't promote that a woman should. It's fairly silent. So the reason that, again, some of the resources that I came across, that uh, people will advocate that a man should initiate and a woman should respond is that if a man doesn't display those leadership qualities early on of wanting to pursue and lead that if he if he won't even initiate the the dating process then we can't trust him to initiate or lead anything in the marriage Mm. and i say hogwash (laughs) to that and here's why i say hogwash to that because i was incredibly shy yeah when it came to the ladies <laughs> i was not uh this guy that had this abundance of confidence sure. when it came to pursuing dating in in women in fact with the exception of my wife with the exception of my wife and maybe a couple of elementary school valentines i gave <laughs> right and snoopy on them and the whole thing it's good with the exception of my wife, all the dates that I went on, the girls pursued pursued me. I was not this guy that would go up and I didn't have lines, I didn't have, you know, I could always talk to people. Yeah. But and I could make um conversations light and fun and all that. Yeah. I've never been bashful. I'm an extrovert, so I wasn't hiding in the corner in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. I would talk to girls, but but to get to that point and say would you like to go to the movies? Would you like to go grab coffee? Would you like to do that? I mean, I just kind of froze yep. as a teenager and as um, for sure. I was. It wasn't until my mid twenties where you know I felt enough confidence to do to do that. And when yeah. I did that, it was it was my wife. It was Rachel, and she. Um, you know, very graciously <laughs> agreed to my requests mm-hmm. and the rest is history as they say. Yeah. So to say that if a man can't initiate that he won't be a good leader, I don't think is true. Yeah. And this is at the risk of sounding arrogant and I don't please hear my heart in this. You you would need to ask my wife if I lead well in the home. Sure. When I look at the requirements for a leader in scripture, you know, Ephesians 5, submitting to one another, loving, you know, uh, our wives as Christ loved the church. I I work really hard at leading our home in a way that honors the Lord. 
Additionally, I work really hard at leading this church in a way that honors the Lord. And so I think that, you know, after seven years in leadership and what the Lord has done through uh, his spirit in me, I think that my ability to lead has been validated and that calling has been validated. Mm -hmm. So to say that a man can't, you know, if a man doesn't initiate that he wouldn't be a good leader in the marriage, I think that's a bit of... I think that's a bit of a leap. And so I would also say that when you read, and I'll just, this is kind of just coming to mind right now. Um, when you read Proverbs, particularly Proverbs 31, uh, we don't have this passive woman that is being described right. as the wife of noble character the woman who fears the lord is how the esv titles this an excellent wife who can find (laughs) so he who (laughs) finds a good wife finds a good thing an excellent wife who can find (laughs) i'll just leave that in your brains listeners (laughs) she is far more precious than jewels the heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool. Listen to this. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. Listen to this. She considers a field and buys it. Mm. Sounds like an enterprising leader yeah. here. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is a fine linen of purple. Her husband is known in the gay and when he sits among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness. Sounds like she's teaching. Sounds like she's leading are on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. This is not some idle woman who's sitting by, who can't take leadership roles. We've talked about this many times here at Hope. Men and women are different in value, or equal in value, different in function. Mm -hmm. Uh, A woman is just as valuable. Her functions are different, but to say that that a man and only a man can lead, particularly, you know, when you read Proverbs 31, this is an enterprising. Economically. Economically. It's a business. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that just doesn't make, it just doesn't make any sense no. at all. You know, where uh, the contention comes with many in the churches, can a woman hold the position of pastor, elder, or teacher? Right. Scriptures make it clear the answer is no. Yeah. We've unpacked that many times. If anybody has a question about that, we're more than willing to open that up again. I'd refer you to the Dinner Roll Sermon Series on the website. You can just go to the archive, and you can unpack all of that. Complementarianism versus egalitarianism. We've yeah. gone into all of that. But I say all that to encourage this listener. Yeah. Some guys are just shy. Yeah. They're just shy. Yeah. Here's a, 
And I, I wasn't sure if you'd say this or not. You, you went shy. I thought you were going to say stupid. <laughs> like oh, we could also, we say can that. also say that, but I just remember the first time I asked Sarah out, oh, I was terrified. Oh yeah. Cause it's like all the signs and all the information points to this girl's interested. And in my stupid brain, it says, yeah, she's just being nice. That's every dude. Like right. most guys have no, if you're putting out signals and stuff, and this is just kind of talking about guys, this isn't, you know, a commentary on you or any, any ways that you've tried to uh, glean in anyone's field, uh, per- proverbial field, going back to Boaz and Ruth. But yeah. um, as a guy, I know like I can look back now as like a married man and be like, Oh, that chick was totally into you, you. You can look back and be like, "Oh yeah, like I can see, I can remember, I can, you know, using like you know my mature brain now, I can look back and like, oh yeah, okay, I see what was going on there." Right. But like in the moment, I remember just being like completely just dumb. Well, the fear of rejection is a real. It's huge, yeah, and you don't want to come thing. across, especially now in culture. It's it's even a little bit different now, where it's like you yeah. don't want to come across creepy. You know, right. you don't want to oh, come yeah. across as like gross or like a creeper or a stalker, oh, so all those I'm things. Not single. I know. I was just <laughs> for I, so many reasons. Yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah. You know, and you hear the stories of what it's like now in the dating culture. Yeah. You know, and so it really makes me feel for this for this individual who's asking this question because it's hard. Yeah, it's not easy. Um, for all the normal reasons, but also now because of the you know unique ways that society is today with online dating and all the apps and, yeah. and just everything. It's, it's difficult. Yeah. Um, and, so. and the, the, the pressure that, you know, uh, we feel as we get, and I don't know how old this listener is, but as people around us, you know, the question before was like, you know, uh, a person was divorced, but all their friends are married and they have kids. So the pressure to have a relationship oh, and yeah. to be married and, and all of that, it, you know, it continues to increase as you age to a certain degree because yeah. the people around you are getting married or they're having kids. And so, yeah, yeah it's a really sensitive thing. Mm-hmm. to deal with. So the initial question that this listener asks is why we got allowing to be constantly, relentlessly um, sexually frustrated because God allows sin. Yeah. That's what he does uh, in our world. But keep fighting. It yeah. sounds like you're doing the right thing. Keep fighting, keep praying. Um, like we talked about, you know, this is a time for the Lord to do something in you yeah, and maybe sure. something unique in you and, and use that time that you would maybe be spending dating and uh, pursuing dating or you know, just normal life um, yeah. as it relates to marriage and, and use that to, to honor the Lord, serve the Lord. Yeah. And then, uh, again, I think you're okay scripturally to pursue. I think yeah. you're okay to, if you've got a connection with somebody and, uh, what I would say is don't date an unbeliever. I mean, we've talked yeah. about that as far Absolutely. as dating goes. Yeah. Um, there's no benefit to that. Yeah. Know, all, all things are permissible. Not all things are beneficial. I'll be mastered by nothing. I think that that's, it's not yeah. beneficial in any way, shape or form yeah. to do, to do that. But, you know, if you find yourself a, a, a good Christian guy and there's a friendship there mm-hmm. and you set the ground rules and you can start to to date, I think it's okay for you to, to make that first move. Yeah. Now, I don't say that because I'm saying you should do that if this right. person, if this girl feels more comfortable, you know, with that, with being pursued. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that either. No, not at all. I just, I didn't want... Um, Sometimes people use the word traditional, yeah. and they'll supplement that word with uh, biblical. Sure. But, I mean, if we want to do traditional, then uh, it's got to be prearranged. That right. was the majority of relationships yeah. right there. I mean, and yeah. I've even seen the—and people will take Ruth and Boaz and go, well, you know, that she was, you know, pursuing romantically. And I think that might 
it might be it ended in a marriage. Sure. I don't know if that was the you yeah. know um it's from a principal standpoint, making yourself known to the person. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, and there was that kind of that cultural responsibility right, that was there exactly, as well. Yeah. And so um, I just wanted to to maybe help that this listener and free up their thinking yeah. a little bit as far as it, it's okay. I don't think yeah. God is going to be. And also, don't buy into uh, the potential lie that. Um, the the a man isn't going to be a good leader yeah in the home yeah for, for the family if he doesn't initiate uh, because you can have somebody that initiates really aggressively and be uh, yeah. a, a terrible leader right yeah and then that leadership can turn into dictatorship yep. and, and then you'll have somebody you know man that would sink into you know see you're supposed to submit to me and oh, forget yeah. about the verse before that says you know yep. uh you know, submit to one another out of reference for Christ. And so yeah. it's mutual submission, yeah. mutual love within, yeah. within the marriage. Um, but I really do appreciate uh, this listener being willing to open up, be vulnerable mm-hmm. in, in this and share a little bit of insight as to what yeah. she's dealing with as far as her sin goes. And I'm like you said in the front end, I'm sure she's not alone. She's not alone. Even if she feels alone, which yeah. is common for questions like this, sure. you're not alone. Yeah, particularly other again, people as, are, as a woman. Other you know. people are wondering the same thing. They're just not saying yeah. it. So, And it's been it's been nice that people are able to open this up and yeah. we can open this up on the podcast. Yeah. As, I think that's well. one of the nice parts of it, staying anonymous. You know, it's not like we're, na- we're naming anyone or... No. Or most of the time, honestly, we don't even know who's asking the question. So yeah, well, a lot of it comes in through text. Yeah, and, and we just so have no clue. And that's, I don't have that's fine. Phone numbers memorized. That's, fine. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's who that is. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, no. Thank you to this listener. It was a really great question, and thanks for opening that up. I think that yeah. was really helpful. Kind of yeah, covering those for different sure. Context texts. determines meaning. So. Yep. Yeah, who Solomon's writing to? Yeah, his boy. I think yeah. that's that's really really important. We're often concerned with what does a text mean to me instead of just asking what does a text mean. Right, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, it. anyways, cool. Well, we should talk about some upcoming stuff. This is Easter week, so this Friday we've got Good Friday service at seven o'clock. We do. I think Bob's going to be preaching. I'll be doing some music with Sarah. It's going to be yes. a really good time. And then Sunday's Easter. Yes. So um, that's going to be a good time. So we got three services: nine o'clock, ten thirty, and then a twelve o'clock. And I thought your invitation on. Uh, Sunday yesterday was really good. Just kind of talking about childcare. So there's kind of a yeah. an invitation, you know, yes. if you, if you don't have kids and are not going to need childcare, you know, would you consider coming to the noon service just to free up that childcare for other yeah. families and stuff who may need it and actually, uh, would, would need to, uh, take advantage of that. So that, that was good. Um, we're going on spring break. We are, we are going on spring break. So, uh, there will be no atrium, episode uh the week after easter that's right jared is uh, going on vacation mm-hmm. i am going on vacation as well so we're going to do the atrium on spring break so yeah. episode 11 will air the following week yeah following wednesday yeah so we'll be on on spring break um yeah so yeah looking forward to that what are you guys doing you guys we're just doing a staycation thing. Just yeah. get some time together with the kids, and I think we're going to go to the zoo. I think me and Sarah are going to offload the kids for uh, a morning and get some breakfast and then go hike in the national park. Oh, nice. Um, it's going to be a good time, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm <laughs> every morning I go to leave, and Addie says, no, no, don't go, Dada. And oh, it's just like, oh, my gosh, I can't I handle this. So yeah. I'm looking forward to a week of not having to... Well, it's been go 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 since you've been here. It's been busy. Yeah, after Easter, it's always a good time yeah. to to take some so, time off as well. So yeah. yes, we will be on, uh, be on spring break. But yep. yeah, looking forward right. to getting back Sounds to good. it. Sounds good. Yeah. So Sounds if you good. have any questions between now and then, you can email podcast at hopechristianchurch.com or you can text your question to four four zero hope. 
two, two, two. 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 Thanks, man. Thank this you, great. sir. Thank you for listening. Have we'll see week. you next Happy time. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Bye-bye.